You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 271 of the Make It British podcast. You might have noticed that there was no podcast last week. So if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you might have noticed that unfortunately I didn't get an episode out to you last Friday as I normally do. Unfortunately, I got struck down with the flu. I lost my voice. I was so croaky. There was absolutely no way I could have switched on the microphone and brought you anything that would have sounded even halfway decent. In fact, I'm even a little bit croaky still this week, you might notice. But as it is nearly the end of the year, I wanted to do a little bit of an end of year roundup for you in this episode and just go through three things that I have learned this year that I think are really important for small businesses to think about and to take with them into 2024. So today's episode is going to be the last podcast of 2023. I'm planning to come back again with the first episode of 2024 on Friday, the 5th of January. So look out for that one. In the meantime, have a wonderful festive break. I hope you get some downtime and that also you get some time to step away from your business or whatever it is that you do in your day to day and just chill out and relax and spend some time with family and friends. If you do want to spend some time during the festive break planning what you're doing for 2024 and you missed my plan your year workshop, which I held on the 19th of December, no worries because I can send you a copy of the recording. Everyone that bought a ticket to come to the workshop got a copy of the recording, which they've got access to for a full 12 months. And I can do the same for you as well. If you buy a ticket retrospectively, I can send you that recording and you can spend some time. Probably takes you about an hour, 90 minutes, no more, sitting down and planning out all of your projects for 2024. And if you want my help to implement those projects and you want to work with me to either launch or grow a British-made brand If 2024 is your year to do that, then please send in an application to British Brand Accelerator. I've got some spaces available to start working with me in the second week of January. If you put your application in, it will be to find out if we're a good fit. There's absolutely no obligation to join. And I also will send you access to my exclusive private training, which is available only to people that apply to be in the Accelerator. It's called the three-part framework for developing profitable UK-made products. You can watch it back at your own leisure. So it's something else you might want to do over the festive break. And then I'll send you all the details about when the next cohort starts, what the investment is, what we cover in the program, whether it's right for you. So pop in your application, go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash apply. 
And I'll also put a link in the show notes of this podcast. Right, let's get on to the main part of the show and what I wanted to cover today, which is three things that I have learned this year in 2023, which I think are equally important for all small businesses. So I've changed the way that my business operates. I've tried out some new things. I've hit some of my goals. I've totally missed others. And there's three things that have really stood out to me about 2023 that I want to share with you today. So the first one really is that simple is best. I'm always telling my clients to do one thing and do it well. Focus on being known for just one thing. Get that right first. Be really good at it. And then you can move on to other things. Now, have to admit, I've not always been one to take my own advice when it comes to this one. Since I've been running Make It British, I've got in my finger involved in quite a few different pies from running a trade show, setting up online courses, having a membership that I was running, doing the mentoring that I do for small businesses, quite a lot going on. And this year, due to a couple of changes that have happened within the business that have been out of my control, mostly that two members of staff that I had working for me both left at pretty much the same time. It forced me to make some tough decisions about what I could still do on my own in the time that I had and what needed to go. So it made me really strip back all the different things that I was offering at Make It British, all the different things I was doing and really focus on what it was that I most enjoyed doing, what was moving the needle the most in my business and where I saw Make It British going long term. So that did mean making some tough decisions. I closed down the Make It British membership. So we had brands that were members of Make It British who advertised on our website that was mainly run by Emily on my team. And when she left, I made the difficult decision to close that membership and focus more on the coaching and the mentoring that I was doing, because I figured it was far better to serve a few people really well than it was trying to be everything to everyone and please hundreds of different people and not feeling like you're doing a really good job of any of it because you're spreading yourself too thin. Now, you might feel like that in your business as well. Maybe you've got a lot of different products that you make and you have to question, why am I still making all these products? Which ones are actually profitable for me and which ones are just taking up a lot of time or a lot of shelf space or a lot of energy and they're not really doing what I need them to do. They're not actually selling. They're not certainly not selling at the level they used to be. I'm doing a lot of new product development. I'm constantly chasing my tail. How could I simplify this? How can I simplify the offer that I have? How can I be known for just one thing and do it really, really well? So this year was the year that I really slowed down and thought, what is it that I can do that I know that I can do really well? And for me, that was our mentoring program, British Brand Accelerator, because I get such amazing feedback from the clients that I have working with me. I really enjoy delivering all the program that I do for the Accelerator clients. I enjoy getting on the group calls with them, on one-to-one calls with them, and I see them getting amazing results. It's also so much easier to just think about marketing 
focusing on one particular offer. If you've got a product-based business and you have a huge collection of different products, that probably means you've also got a lot of different manufacturers that you might be working with, which means you're not going to get the best out of any of them. Much better to focus on just having one or two manufacturers who become partners with you where you've got such a great relationship that they deliver products for you quicker. You're always the priority. You're always the business that they don't mind putting on their production line because they know that you're loyal to them rather than dipping your toe in and out with lots of different manufacturing partners, doing lots of different things, generally running yourself ragged and also running the manufacturers ragged because you don't know whether you're coming or going because you're trying to do so many different things. Also, if you develop less products, you need to make less samples and you can put your creative endeavors into marketing rather than sampling. Product development can be a massive distraction. I actually see a lot of people using it as a form of procrastination. I'll just tweak this product a little bit more. I'll just change that a little bit. Maybe I can make that slightly bigger, slightly smaller, different color. And before you know it, months have gone by and you spend all your time product developing and not enough time marketing and selling. So I urge you to take it from me. Keeping things simple makes your life so much easier. Since I streamlined my business this year, I have felt so much less stressed. I've had more time to focus in on what I'm already doing and make it even better rather than try and develop something new. Because in the past, I thought, okay, let's do another online course. Let's do a virtual event. Let's do a whole load more workshops. And I had all these ideas for all these different things I could do. Forgetting that each one has to be developed. Then you've got to market it and sell it to people. It's far easier to simplify things and make what you're already doing the very best that it can be. Getting feedback from your customers about what's working, what they love about your product, what they don't love, what you can do even better. And now that I have stripped everything back, and since I've lost both my team members, and in the last few months working predominantly on my own, it's really allowed me to see what is it that I enjoy doing? Which parts of my business do I need to find help with? By doing everything myself, it meant I could really find out how long do things really take to do? Which of these things am I actually enjoying? Which should I be outsourcing? Which things that I'm doing should I just be dropping altogether? So now going into 2024, I've got a whole new outlook on what my business needs to be, where I need to resource and what I want to do myself and which customers I'm focusing on. And in a minute, I'll talk a little bit more about customers because they are so important. And I've learned some lessons there as well. So my number one thing that I have learned this year is that simple is best. The second thing that I've learned, and I've actually surprised myself by, is that social media can actually be fun. Over the years, I have gone through a love-hate relationship with social media. I have been through all of the different platforms. When I first started Make It British, all of my social media was on Twitter. I mean, it's not even called Twitter anymore. I have tried out a bit of everything. And it also, over the years, had various people working with me, helping me with social media. With Emily leaving, it forced me to actually think, okay, I am going to have to try doing my social media on my own. And I have to say, it really did make me feel 
it filled me with dread. It really did. I had become somewhat detached from what was going on on my own Instagram account, for instance. I dipped in and out of it. Sometimes I looked at the messages. Sometimes Emily looked at the messages. Emily used to do the posting for me, come up with the captions in my tone of voice. And I had to basically start again and learn how to use Instagram again, because Instagram is the main platform this year that I have focused on. And what has made me realize and what you need to understand is that social media is called social for a reason. It's about striking up conversations with people. So it's no good just posting and ghosting, as they call it. That is just like going into a party, announcing to the room who you are, what you've got to sell, and then just walking straight back out again you will be the most unpopular person and you'll wonder why you haven't made any new friends. Social media really is about talking to your ideal customer, having conversations with them, whether that's in the comments on the posts, the posts that you're doing are encouraging conversation, whether it's encouraging people to have conversations with you in the DMs, through your Instagram stories, Your posts on social media need to feel like you're having a conversation with someone one to one. And they are also a creative outlet. So if you're listening to this and you develop products and that's what you do, and you're happy putting your creative energy into developing products, see how much of that creative energy you can divert into creating videos and content, whether that's visual content or written content for your social media. There's a reason why they call it content creators, because it's a creative process. So I've spent some time this year experimenting with with new posts, new types of videos, particularly enjoyed posting on stories because they're only seen by a smaller group of people, only your followers mainly, which means it feels more personal and it felt like a good place where I could experiment on the stories rather than having to put everything out there on the main feed. So I've been using stories quite a lot. And also what I did is I signed up to go on a Reels course. I thought, right, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to spend some time learning how to do it. So I spent some time with some lovely ladies called Andy and Kirsty, who run a course called Reels Rockstars. And I'll put a link to it in the show notes of this podcast if you're interested in upping your Reels, Instagram Reels game. And as well as meeting some lovely people when I went along to the course, which was in person, which was also great, getting out to meet people in person, I also learned some really interesting things about Instagram Reels and posting on Instagram. One of the main ones of which was that Andy and Kirsty explained that Your Instagram feed is like your shop window. And believe it or not, your shop window is not for selling. It's for enticing people into your shop to then start a conversation with them. So once you start thinking about it like that, and then you think that the posts you're putting out need to be eye-catching and entertaining and inspirational, and they are conversation starters with your customers, you start to understand why some accounts are growing massively on Instagram. Some product businesses have had their best years ever, and it's because they are doing content on Instagram or on social media that draws potential customers in and that opens up conversations with them. 
encourages them to comment on the post and have a conversation because things that they say in their reels and on their posts encourage that. Get people asking questions. Gone are the days of just posting pretty pictures of your products and then posting those on your feed in Instagram. It just doesn't work anymore. And the other thing I learned by doing their course is that you really need to spend some time on whichever social media platform you choose and engage with it. Research on this. Spend some time just looking at the types of videos and content that appeal to you because you can't just turn up, post something and go away anymore. Spend some time exploring what's happening on the platform before you post anything. Follow some interesting people. Think about why is their content engaging? What makes you want to comment on their posts? And you should be doing that. You should be engaging with other accounts on there as well as posting your own stuff as well. What is it that your ideal customer is interested in? Who are they following and what are they talking about? So for instance, it could be around sustainability. If your brand is very much focused around sustainability, which key accounts are they following that are talking about sustainability? What sort of content are they posting? How are they getting the conversation started? So you need to spend some time doing some research on the platforms. And unfortunately, yes, it is time consuming. And that's the other thing I've learned. Like with all things, you get out what you put in. So if you're not spending a good chunk of time doing some form of marketing, talking about your products and having conversations with your ideal customer, the sales are not going to come in on their own. And that is a fact. So you may as well embrace social media, find ways that you can make it fun, as I have done in 2023. Can't say I've got it perfect yet, but I'm having a go. I'm getting myself out there and I'm learning to enjoy it again. And then the third and final big lesson that I've learned this year is you really need to decide who your ideal customer is and you need to stick with it. You can't be everything to everyone. And again, this is one of those things that I've been teaching my clients for so long now and I wasn't really listening to my own advice. The first thing we get all of our accelerator clients to do the minute they join us is to look at who their ideal customer is. We get them to really think about exactly who is the customer they're targeting their products to. And I always say, as a small business, you only need one ideal customer, one specific person that you have in mind that you're talking to. Other people may come into your orbit because they're attracted to what you're doing and what you're saying and what you're selling. But at first, you need to just be speaking to one ideal customer. Otherwise, it gets far too difficult, complicated, expensive. If you're trying to market to everyone and be everything to everyone, it's much easier to really niche down and be as niche as you possibly can when you are a small business, because you're not trying to compete with all the big businesses out there. You're trying to focus in on just one specific type of customer. So deciding who your one customer is and finding your niche is really, really important. So for me, it's about small businesses 
that make products, that want to make those products in the UK, the ideal client that I work with, all of them have similar challenges. Sourcing raw materials, working out how to set the right selling prices for their products, knowing how much stock to make, navigating the challenges of marketing their products, which is why I have an application process for my mentoring program, because I know when people fill in that form and what they tell me that their challenges and their goals are, I can see instantly whether they are the ideal client for me to work with, knowing that we're a great fit and that I can really help them. And you need to be thinking the same when it comes to who you're selling your products to, particularly if you're at a relatively early stage of your business and you're just finding out who your ideal customer is and what it is that they want from you. I just want to cringe when I ask people, who is your ideal customer? And they say, it's all women between the ages of 18 and 55. And I'm like, no, that encompasses billions and billions of women worldwide. You don't need billions of customers. When you first start out, you probably only need a few dozen or a few hundred just to get the ball rolling. So don't try and appeal to everyone. Businesses that I see doing really well at the moment are the ones that are super, super niche. They know exactly what their customers' challenges are and how to serve them and how to supply them a product that solves their challenges. It then becomes so much easier to do your marketing when you know exactly who your customer is. So if you're really struggling with your marketing and it's not getting the results that you want from it, maybe start thinking about, have you niched down enough? Does your marketing speak directly to one specific niche of ideal customers for you? If not, go back to the drawing board and start whittling it down. Think about who you might already have sold products to. Which of those customers is your ideal customer? Start having a conversation with them. Get them on the phone. Drop into their DMs. You'd be surprised how many customers you reach out to and say, would you be willing to just jump on the phone with me just for 10 minutes so I can have a chat to you about why you bought this product, what you love about it, what you'd like to see improved? The feedback you get from them will be priceless. It will be absolutely golden. It'll be well worth your time. And it will mean you'll really start to understand exactly who your ideal customer is. So for me, this year, 2023, has been about really niching down and deciding exactly who my ideal customer is, who it is that I want to work with, who I enjoy working with, and who I can most help with my extensive knowledge of manufacturing products in the UK, and who will most benefit from that knowledge that I have. That does mean when some businesses get in touch, particularly bigger businesses that I don't feel are my ideal customers, I'll turn them away now and I won't work with them. I've had my fingers burnt with far too many big brands who say they want to manufacture in the UK, but when push comes to shove, in reality, they don't. They just want to use the UK manufacturers as some form of sampling house or quick turnaround when they're in a bit of a spot of bother and then they will just go back overseas again. And that is not the sort of business that I want to work with anymore. So I'm really excited about going into 2024 and what the future may hold. I'm going to be back again with another episode for you on the 5th of January. In the meantime, if you are a regular listener to this podcast, thank you so much 
for sticking with me this year. I know I've not put out as many episodes as I have done in the past. There was that massive gap in the summer where I recorded no podcast at all. But there's one thing that I have decided from 2023 is that I really enjoy bringing you these podcasts. I enjoy recording them and I love the feedback that I get for regular listeners. And if you are a regular listener and you've not already left me a review, I would so appreciate it if you took just a couple of minutes and left me a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you leave your name on that review, I'll give you a shout out on the podcast in the new year as well. So have a wonderful Christmas, a merry new year, and I'll be back again on the 5th of January. Take care. Bye.